Hello, and uh, welcome to the Scott and Loz Show. With me, Scott. And me, Loz. And we are, as ever, two dicks talking bollocks. And, uh, well, hello to, to you, the listeners. Hello to you, Loz. Hello to you, Scott. And, uh, well, here we are, 2023. <laughs> here we are. How's it been so far? Have you kept uh, I mean, in the last one, we talked about some resolutions, didn't we? I can't remember what yours were, but have you sticked to them? Stuck <laughs> to them? Stick to them. Sorry, you, you picked me up on everything, so that's going in. Uh, I made a resolution to not take resolutions seriously, and I have stuck to that resolution. Well, that's good. But other than that, I, uh, um, actually, I've I've ate pretty terribly and been fairly unfocused and not really done anything of note so that's a good start i must admit to having done very much the same uh mm. yeah but that i mean that, that that ends now you know i um i downloaded some fitness games on the quest vr thing so I'm, oh, they, yeah yeah they look quite good so i'm gonna yeah kind of get stuck into them and see see where it goes um fair enough i'm talking of just seeing where it goes uh we're into another another series aren't we? Indeed. Unofficially Series 4, I suppose. Good God. And I suppose, really, this episode um, begins a a series within that series, because we're kind of going to do... We're we're kind of going back to where it all started, aren't we? As we did the... Mm. We kicked things off with um, film, and we... Well, it proved very difficult to narrow it down to just 10 choices of top 10. So... We ended up with another 10 honourable mentions, which um, ended up being a trilogy in and of its own. And I think we are dealing with, uh, again, if you'd listened to the last episode, you'd know where it's going. And again, you've clicked on this episode, so you you know where it's going, because presumably it's worked its way into the title somewhere. Yeah, we're going to deal with, well, what do we call them, Luz? Are they they TV shows? Because, you know, in, in today's world... It's not always watched on TV. <laughs> we are in the age of on-demand. It could be a mobile device more often than not. But well, I'm, defi- I'm definitely not going with bite-sized, serialized, uh, streamable content. Yeah, um, um, it's, you know, it's 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 series. I'm gonna. I, I think that's that's a fair way of it's. It <clears> must be a serialized week-to-week show. Well, month to month, I suppose. But you know what I mean. It, a series of shows picking up one after the other. I think so, yeah. And um, although actually, I'd realised through that, I've just ruled out one of, well, no doubt, your top ten because uh, a certain TV show that rhymes with clack bira uh, doesn't actually pick up one after the other, does it? So uh, there's a bit of grey area, but yeah, if it was on fucking telly, it's uh, it's on for us. Well, first of all, who said that was going to be in my top ten? I just did. Did you not listen? Uh, you did, yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't said it yet. Uh, it no. could be it could be number twenty four for all we know. Uh, in which case, it wouldn't get mentioned, really. Oh no, it would actually. <laughs> it would because it would knowing you, yeah. Yeah, I've done the usual, I'm afraid, and and I think, yeah. So there's 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 a top ten shows, series, whatever you want to call them, and um, I agonised over those arguably more so than even with the films, to be honest. Uh, but we will not be getting to those tonight. It's going to take us some time, no doubt, to discuss the kind of 10 honourable mentions that didn't quite make the top 10. And you could call them our 11 to 20 if you want. Um, but we'll kind of rattle through those in no particular order. 
But um, yeah, I couldn't narrow it down to 20. So there's a couple of quick ones I'm just going to, you know, spit, Dishonorable spit, spit at you. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> I mean, going back to, the, to TV, right? I suppose yeah. a, a lot of these things certainly have been aired on TV and, you know, harking back to say the 90s or whatever, when that was the way these things were released. Um, I think a lot of my picks kind of follow that trend or did follow that back then where they have actually been aired on TV, on television. So. Mm. And I must admit, in doing some research today, uh, there was one that, that made a late push to make the list, the, the, the hallowed top 10, that um, I hadn't even considered. And I was like, no, it's a TV series and I absolutely love it. But that's that's just a little, I'm just, I'm bobbing a little hook out there and see if you take the bait. <laughs> well, Again, you know, as with the films, I've not consulted with Loz over these. I genuinely don't know what's going to make up the majority of your sort of 20, Loz, really. Um, and that those that I know for certain will be in there. Where are they going to sit in there? I don't know. Mm. So um, I'm looking forward to that. But I suppose a couple of things maybe to establish before we um, dive in there. We spoke, uh, the one thing Loz and I spoke about before this really was, do we just do all shows, comedy, heavy hitting mm. drama in one and and try and uh, weave them both into the same list or do we split them out because you know i think we could easily come up with a top 10 of either and more but no in the end we we did decide to to combine them so this is just basically our favorite shows isn't it mm. yes and it sounds as though again you know non-spoiler alert and that's another thing i'll get to in a second that the the percentage of losses that are maybe out and out comedy compared to mine or, or vice versa could be quite interesting and a bit juxtaposed from the sounds of things. So that'd be cool. Mm. Interesting to get to. But we've we've trod different paths on this one, Hughes. Yeah, but I think when you get when we get down to the real business end top ten, you know, I think you'll find that actually most of my shows in there very much uh, tread both areas and do it very well. Love it. But they'll they'll very much just be out and out comedies in here for sure you probably know that already but um just going back to spoilers are we going to be spoiling these shows i yes. feel like okay yeah <laughs> I, I was i was going to say let's try not try not to i suppose i could try not to and you could just you know go buck wild <laughs> yeah <laughs> just going balls deep yeah um i, I mean it it's, it's de depends i would say if it's a series that's perhaps recently finished, that might be one cause to be like, eh, let's leave that one out, perhaps. But, um, but I mean, uh, again, for most of mine, they, they have all finished within sort of the last 10 years or so. So I don't yeah. think there's any danger on my end, but that's, that's up to you, Hughes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, I suppose. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best not to spoil things because again you know if people listening haven't seen these shows i feel like it's my duty to sell them as as well as possible here and hopefully you know someone will go off and listen to uh, listen watch one of these shows and it would certainly help having not had the trajectory mm. uh revealed disclosed here tonight sure but i mean i think we we came up against this wall with the film and i'm not sure whether i can fully sell what i love about certain things if i can't you know there, there's certain bits where it's like i i kind of need to comment on the end so i maybe it's a a, a a case in process sort of thing you know it's yeah i suppose you do your thing i'll do mine baby 
<laughs> it's variable. And, and maybe another thing to say is that I'm sure there's going to be probably more so than with films, uh, some crossover in here, I think. Some mutual mm. choices that will sit, you know, in different places. And so I guess uh, it'll be interesting to see as and when they come up and, and just... If I, if something I mention is one of yours, I guess try and keep shtum because. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to say let let's make a little noise. <laughs> <laughs> you can make a little noise if you want. Yeah, I, I will actually. Thank you. I, I'm just going right. to make. I don't know what that noise is yet, but when it first occurs, you'll all know, listeners, and then you will know, Hughes, obviously, and then I shall repeat that noise furthermore whenever there is crossover, if okay. I remember. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, and with those mini ground rules and um, the opening bollocks established, let's uh, <laughs> let's have the jingle and uh, fucking get down to business. All right. So, um, I felt that it was necessary to just quickly introduce this whole thing with some of the shows we first watched. Growing up, our introduction to TV shows, and um, you know that wasn't The Walking Dead, was it? No, it was. Um, <laughs> I've got a mini list of things here that I was just, you know, we could just rattle them off quite quickly and, and uh, move beyond. But um, okay, I, okay. I almost, I didn't want to talk about sort of favourite TV shows without mentioning some of these because they, they were, <laughs> they're still very dear to me. Every now and then, I might watch one of these, you know, just for sure, um, sure, nostalgia, old time sake. So. Um, You're talking about Sooty now, aren't you? Well, the first one on on the list (laughs) happens to be the Sooty show, yeah. I know you so well. Yeah, and and I suppose it's 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 very important for me to say that this is the Sooty show. Matthew Corbett, his first stuff with with um, because it was Harold Corbett before, wasn't it? Yes, Daddy. uh, And then (laughs) Matthew Corbett (laughs) entered the fold. Um, and yeah, and then it moved on into Sooty and Co and bits like that. But yeah, very much the Sooty show. Um, I'm already breaking my own rule of you know not waffling too much here. So uh, I've also got Button Moon. Oh shit! I remember what that is, but very briefly. Anyway, sorry, you're supposed to be talking. It's fine. Um, and then I've got a Huxley Pig. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Which um, uh, Vicky's not here at the moment, but I'm sure she'll listen to this at some point, and there'll be a deep sigh. Um, because we actually got into a genuine argument over this, that um, <laughs> those who watched Mr. Ben um, and, then, uh... and then watched Huxley Pig might feel that the, the running theme has been somewhat plagiarised with Huxley Pig. And I, you know, I argued Huxley's corner, of course I did, and said, no, no, this is, this is done in a, in a different way. And, I, you know, yes, there's... Anyway, yeah, I won't go into it. Um, I'll just get angry again. But um, <laughs> Huxley Pig... A well-deserving inclusion on this list. Then I've got Funny Bones. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would imagine most people remember Funny Bones, even if they didn't watch it and love it as much as I did. Griff Reese jones uh, of course. Charlie Chalk, Loz. Do you remember Charlie yeah. Chalk? Oh, yeah. Charlie Chalk. Charlie Chalk. <laughs> I, and then um, the final three I've got on my list, just quickly to yeah, reel off. Power Rangers, because I was actually obsessed yeah. with Power Rangers for a brief period of time. Ah, that's and, uh, interesting. It was the red Power Ranger, since you asked. He was the one that I aligned myself with. Well, um, yeah. So I, I was very much the red Power Ranger, you know, in my in my dreams, a la age <laughs> um, uh, f- five, shall we say? I don't know. Hmm. No, I was always a Green Ranger man myself, personally. I even got the Dragon Dagger. The Dragon Dagger. 
Well, <laughs> so sadly, it did not summon the Dragon Zord, but you know, <laughs> maybe maybe next time. You maybe. haven't ruled it out. I hope. No. And then finally, Lars, I've got Pingu because I I love Pingu ah. and Darkwing Duck. I know I, I've got much more familiarity with DuckTales than, than uh, Darkwing, I'm afraid. Well, they were, I mean, were they the, the same? I'd imagine they probably were. Not the same show, but like... Um, yeah, similar characters, obviously. Well, yeah, not I think identical. Was, yeah. yeah, and, and I, I haven't done enough research to know who made that show and whether it uh, DuckTales was part of the same thing, but I feel like it probably was. I sort of remember that. No, just immediately, genuinely, I might find this interesting and I might be the only fucking person who does... But um, just as you started your uh, your life in a different area of the world to me, I find it very interesting that like you, your choices are, are so different from the the ones that I remember as a kid. I mean, really, the really only proper crossover there is Power Rangers and Charlie Chalk. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna carry on just in case I'm cutting you off. But yeah, so, just but just a, two shows an interesting from two very tidbit. different cloths. Yes. <laughs> and last, please do tell me what yours were then, because uh, I've got, got no idea, no idea at all. Sure, sure. Well, um, I mean, if you go in early doors, I mean, I remember things like Sesame Street. I, I, you know, loved that shit. Um, probably didn't refer to it like that when I was five, <laughs> but you know, no, and I love that shit. Um, Flip. And uh, another th- thing that it wasn't quite so much early years, but I really was into Robot Wars for a while. That was uh, quite entertaining. Uh, I yeah. really, really love to this day, and they very, very nearly got honourable mentions both, the animated uh, Marvel uh, Spider-Man and X-Men TV shows. Uh, I've got them both, have rewatched them since as an adult, definitely hold up. I mean, I, I was talking to somebody the other day about Funhouse. I remember Funhouse so fondly. Was that fun the one? Funhouse, whole lot of fun, prizes to be won. Was that the one that ended with the go-karting? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's right, yeah. You bet um, I remember, boy. <laughs> I remember that. Um, and I also remember that they, they scrapped that series after um, a couple of kids broke into next door's house whilst they were away on holiday and did Funhouse in their house. Which just basically meant they ran through every room, like ripping the drawers out and tipping everything out. Yeah, I was thinking was that part of the same show? I remember was it Finders Keepers or something? Where yeah, basically they just had to completely upend a room, didn't they? Trying to yeah, find yeah. an envelope with something in, and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, when I was very young, I was very much into things like Thomas the Tank and uh, a special shout out to a, a, a one that seemingly nobody remembers is Bucky O'Hare. Loved a bit of Bucky. I know the name. Uh, and actually, it, it's kind of insane. I didn't mention Thomas the Tank Engine because I was obsessed with that when I was very young. In fact, I had a bed that was like a Thomas the Tank Engine bed, which I think was like custom built. You know, my dad basically made wow. that for me. Yeah. Big up, John. Yeah, sorry, Dad. How could I forget about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I think that'll do for me and uh, and Kitty Chews. All right. Well, I've I've got another mini list here, and again, I'll, I'll go through these much faster. But I felt I wanted to mention these. Now, these are these are shows that I haven't seen, but that I would imagine might <laughs> might be in the you know, if I had I seen them, probably would have been worthy of you know an entry somewhere in this. <laughs> So, 
Um, I'm just and and basically this might outline a bit of a trend going forward because there are some heavy hitters in here. Like, mm. I mean, th there are some you know real heavy hitting drama kind of shows that will come up throughout my. But some of the big ones are in here. So The Wire. Yeah, yeah, that um, that'd be on mine. Sorry, yeah. sorry. I'm... Fargo, because mm. I just love the film uh, and I imagine they've done a decent job with the show. Succession is one that I've watched one episode of and I thought this is top qual and just haven't watched the rest of it but i know i will at some point uh mad men because again i can just tell that's really really good and well done true detective which yeah uh yeah and then i mean the sopranos um sherlock i've, I've seen one episode of sherlock and again just know it would be uh, my street and really really good it's just a matter of time isn't it really i then got chernobyl mm. uh, and chernobyl leads into a show that's actually on at the moment which um, again, I suppose to date this recording, um, this has been recorded on the 26th of Jan, uh, when apparently there's some sort of insane comet flying over tonight. I don't know if you're aware of that, Lars, but that's no, I was not aware. Apparently happening right now. But um, uh, there's a show that's out at the moment, which it comes from the makers of Chernobyl, The Last of Us. Ah, yeah. uh, based on one of the greatest games of all time. I mentioned that back in the gaming episode, and I've watched the first two, and it's it's superb. But, you know, obviously it's got no right to be any higher at the moment because I've only seen two episodes. And then uh, talking of only having seen a few episodes, The Handmaid's Tale had to get mentioned because I can tell that's I want to see that through to the end. But just other things have kind of taken over. So we watched like a series of that. But so there you go. That, that was a quick run through of some shows that I haven't seen all the way through. But I, I wanted to give a mention to because had I seen them all, they would have probably featured. Hmm. Well, I I don't have so much of a, a list of that myself. I mean, de definitely The Wire is one which I'd like to. Uh, I watched a couple of episodes with Mum, and she didn't seem so keen. So I I was uh, looking for ways to continue on. But uh, the only way we were watching it was through the skybox, and there's only one in the house. There's in the lounge. <laughs> uh, so that does put a dent in my ambitions there. But other than that, for the most part, uh, there are several sort of big series which will not be getting a mention from me and i'm really sorry if you're a big fan and you're just screaming uh out you know laws why have you forsaken me um and i'm sorry to say but um yeah I, uh, if i if i've not um mentioned it for the most part it's because i'm not really bothered very sorry fair enough i mean i've again i've got a list of quote-unquote mentions here which are worthy of a quick mention, but sadly nothing more. You know, because we've got to yeah. we've got to get on with the the real kind of. I suppose you'd say top twenty, wouldn't you? So, um, shall I just run? No, 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 no. Top ten honourable mentions as well. Yes, I, I don't uh, know why. I just want it to be top ten. <laughs> yeah, I suppose the, like the honourable mentions are ten honourable mentions that didn't make the top ten, but they're kind of in no particular order. Yes, yeah. Or at least they're not for me. But if you don't mind, well, there's a small list of there's another list there of shows, <laughs> and and these are shows that I've got a lot of time for, and I think are great, but they just haven't made even the honourable uh, mentions. So honourable mentions, honourable mentions missed. Yeah. All aboard the trip to the honourable mentions. <laughs> so yeah, let me just reel these off very quickly. Um, the X Files, superb, mm. uh, and then the Twilight Zone, Tales of the Unexpected. I love that whole kind of thing. Hint, hint, there might be some slightly similar shows coming up. Spaced. Uh, mm. Who doesn't like Spaced? Who's seen it? You know what I mean? 
uh, the prisoner, which is a cult classic. Uh, oh which, yeah, which you know that you've probably seen the Simpsons parody of this, mm. um, but just a completely unique film that paved the uh, sorry series that paved the way for a lot of things going forward. Twin Peaks, um, mm. anything done by David Lynch is worth ever mention. Twin Peaks is no exception. Monty Python's Flying Circus, mm-hmm. uh, for me, funnier than the films, uh, and again, very much paved Ooh. the way for for a lot of the comedy we see today and that will probably come up in, in, down the line in this. I've then put Wheel of Fortune catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. right. Because I just bloody love them. Uh, in fact, I watch them arguably more than most other things that are going to get mentioned here. But, it, you know, for the sake of time, let's, let's whiz on. Uh, Parks and Rec, another show that mm. I'm surprised didn't sort of make the honourable mentions. Uh, forever in the office's shadow, but very much its own thing, and has some of the great comedy characters in it. Ron Swanson and um, uh, I've completely forgotten Chris Pratt and the rest, and, Andy Dwyer, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then an, another show that has very much lived in the shadow of another, How I Met Your Mother, mm. which um, is very hit and miss. But when it hits, it makes me laugh out loud and has a lot of pathos. So it was worth mentioning. Uh, Planet Earth, Lars, and it, indeed, yeah, yeah, um, really all kind of Attenborough BBC documentaries, just mind blowing, stunning. But it, I haven't really got time to go into it. Attenborough. Uh, I've just got a few more left. Squid Game. Very much enjoyed Squid Game. <laughs> I think I'll see what you did there. Um, well, to be fair, I'd forgotten the whole maker sound, but I was like. I might, I might start with there, but that's not the sound. That isn't the sound. Okay. Well, I, I, I've already made a sound uh, from from one of yours that was mentioned. Oh. Uh, and uh, oh, talking of Squid Game, we've, we've got the we've got the Squid Game game. Yes, I saw that actually the last time I was red. Yeah, and we haven't got all the way through yet, but it's it's yeah, it's good fun. But um, sorry, going back to what I was saying before that, uh, I made a random. Well, in fact, it wasn't a random noise; it was a word. Uh, you mentioned a show, and I said flirp. Did you? I completely missed that. Yeah, and Flirp was in reference to Sesame Street. Ah. And also The Muppet Show. I know they're not the same, but aesthetically they're similar. And actually, they are kind of similar also in in terms of just, well, just everything, really. I just love both of them. If you look at the... Just not to let... Not to let people down, sorry, but the, the noise that I was hoping to make in the correct places, which I have failed to do, was much along the lines of... <laughs> okay. That was what I was going for, but, you know. Sounded, uh, uh, sounded very... How can I equate it to? Um, a bit like the aliens in Signs. So... <laughs> I, 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 I was thinking more of a dog having his dinner, but yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, this, there's two final ones quickly to, to reel off it. Rick and Morty, um, mm. just insane, you know, minds, creative um, process into making that show. Uh, one of whom's just been fired, hasn't he? I was going to say, very controversial at the minute, actually. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know, can't, we can't dwell on these choices. I just wanted to quickly mention them, really. And then finally, Loz, Jackass. Ah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, that was my favourite thing ever during school days. And... Um, and again, you know, one might argue it's funnier than the films, I think. Um, but, you know, anyway, there we go. That, that is, that's my list of mentions. I think that's a, a smaller list of mentions than it was for the films. So, yes. 
that that for me is everything now to prefix the actual honourable mentions, which is kind of what we're here to start. And we'll see how long it takes to get through these. Uh, in the film series, it was a trilogy of honourable mentions, and it took us three episodes to get through our ten each, respectively. So I think we're going to try and get through them quicker than that. But we'll we'll see. You know, it'll take us natural course. Indeed, um, indeed. And Lars, of course, has got his ten honourable mentions. And before that, is there anything else you want to talk about, Lars, or shall we get cracking, boy? <laughs> Good cracking, boy. Um, no, 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 no. Okay. All right. Uh, do you want to go first, or shall I? Um, you set the bar, Hughes. You set the bar. Okay. 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 So, uh, my first honourable mention, and I have mentioned this uh, previously in back way back in the film series, because it was made. Uh, this show is made by the person who made my third favourite film of all time, Ex Machina. Uh, that man's name is Alex Garland, and this show's name is Devs. Now, the thing is with this, I can't really say too much about Devs, because the uh, the allure of this very much lies in the sort of intrigue of not knowing much about what's going on. Right. And I think if you watch the trailer, um, that would tell the same story, really. Um, it's very much a cards close to its chest kind of thing, and... Um, it's it's a just one series or season, um, we'll say series because that's the English terminology, and it's it's very much a self-contained story. Devs told across, I think maybe eight episodes, and it stars Sonoya Mizuno, who, um, <laughs> if you've seen Ex Machina, you've seen Sonoya Mizuno because she played someone in that. She was the um, the 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 butler for want of a better word <laughs> the the naked dancing woman in the end yes yeah um yeah she was the kind of japanese uh yeah no need to go back into ex machina we'll, we'll continue with devs here um but basically she stars in this show and um I, I, yeah I'm, I, I don't really know what to say about this show basically she she investigates the disappearance of her boyfriend after he joins the elusive and somewhat secretive dev department at their workplace. And so they work at the same place together. And it's a proper, like, almost Silicon Valley-style corporation. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but just there's a giant statue of a girl, like, in the grounds. And um, that's like a, a monumental kind of visual striking image. And you don't quite know what the hell that's about, you know? But that, you know, you kind of later discover sort of who that is and why. And um, Nick Offerman is in this, the the gentleman who played oh, Ron Swanson. Yeah. yeah. Very much a different role in this. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't want to say too much. But basically, yeah, the, the, um, uh, the boyfriend of the person I mentioned, he is called up to, uh, after a groundbreaking piece of work that he delivered, to join this elusive um, dev department which he snaps up the opportunity for. Uh, and the first episode, it, it's one of the best first episodes of anything I've ever seen, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, yeah, I really don't want to say too much. But um, it's it's very much a case of what's going on in there sort of thing. Like, 
the the whole dev department it's in it's a separate building to the rest of the um kind of institute that, that's set up there and obviously you see him go in and then you see a, a bit of what happens but then things happen and it's <laughs> otherwise it wouldn't be much of a show would it yeah I'm it goes in and nothing happens i know you can tell i'm struggling here because i don't want to give much away with this because like i say you know the, the brilliance of this lies very much in its intrigue of not um giving much away to begin with and it, piece by piece you learn more and more um but what i will well, say is like, let, let, let's just say events unfold yeah and also what you do learn and, and as a result of the events unfolding when you realize what themes are being tackled here in this it's it's incredible really it it touches on all the things that i find fascinating it is very much sci-fi that you know i'm expect... sorry you said that in such a like a, i don't think you it's probably my brain but you, it sounded like that was such a sort of like i mean after all it is sci-fi as if sort of like they've they've dirtied their hands with this sci-fi <laughs> i think what i was saying is you'd expect nothing less from alex garland who's renowned in that area so it is uh, it is very much that kind of thing but yeah it, it is very much a case of like what's going on in there you know like a what what you got in that room <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, what i would just say is go and watch the trailer because it's one of the best trailers ever i think you know i've moaned before about trailers either giving too much away or being very formulaic in their approach and it just doesn't make me want to watch it because it just looks like any other film quite frankly mm. i think I, I would imagine that alex garland had a big hand in what was shown in the trailer and how it was put together and um if you watch the trailer and don't want to watch the show, then obviously that's fine. But I'll think you're a madman. And that's you're crazy. What, and I'll leave it there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, okay. So slightly picking at random, uh, my first honourable mention is going to be the Netflix TV show Daredevil. Right. Now, me picking a Marvel property is not going to be uh, a massive sort of uh, surprise to a lot of people and in fairness including the marvel plus uh, disney plus stuff a lot of the marvel series have been fairly hit and miss but daredevil was was a, a really decent attempt uh it was fairly well grounded i mean a, a, again i i'm saying daredevil like people know the stories it's matt murdoch uh he's uh, by day, he's the, the lawyer of Hell's Kitchen, and by night, he uh, patrols the rooftops, keeping Hell's Kitchen safe as Daredevil. Um, okay. So then you've got the classic, you know, dual identity. Safe from and what, they... like, o overcooked pies and resulting fires? Uh, more muggers and drug dealers, but sure, sure. You know, okay. overcooked pies is, is a hazard, um, especially if you get one in the face, eh, Hughes? Mm. Yes. Um yeah, so uh, it, it had uh, quite a, a realistic basing. Uh, they explored elements of like his childhood and when he initially got his powers and, and things like that. So he's got sort of like a radar sense because otherwise he'd just be blind. Um, and then yeah, it, it, you know, a, a, a nice um, you know his his lawyer partner Foggy, who he works with, is a really nice relationship. There's again very well cast. There's, you know, they, they bring in various elements from the comic books. But again, I kind of don't want to spoil it if you've not watched it. Um, of all, as I say, the, the Marvel online series, uh, it's probably the highlight. And I think that's why Charlie Cox has been brought back in 
to the fold to to have another stab at it because um, no, he's really good. It was um, really good as a whole. I genuinely, I was I was sad to see it go when it did. Um, it was the one show that I was like, of any of them, could this sort of stay on? Um, and so I'm I'm very glad to sort of see it returns, and I await the uh, the rebirth with bated breath. But yeah, Daredevil, um, worth a watch, worth a watch. I'm afraid I haven't seen it and I don't know much about it other than what you've just said. So, yeah, I can't really comment there. Right. Well, with five minutes, uh, would you want to retreat for your traditional pee break? And uh, should we dive on in again? Yeah. Or if you like, I can can just get my number two done in five minutes. You reckon you can slip one in in five? (laughs) No, well, it'll be get my number two done in five minutes and then go for a number one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah let's go for it um so my uh my second point um uh, pick as an honorable mention in somewhat stark contrast to the first pick this very ventures very much into the silliness uh and i it's it's not one show i've basically picked the works of one man and this is the <laughs> the genius world of one chris morris Ah yeah. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of people will just know him as Denol Denolm Renolm, is it in the IT crowd? But oh, sorry, now I'm with you. Yeah. Oh, you thinking of someone else? Were you? I was. Okay. No, Chris Morris uh, is the man behind shows such as, well, in order, I suppose, the Day to Day, Brass Eye, and, and Jam. And oh I've, no, I I've... was thinking the right lines. Yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. And so basically, I'll just put these three together. And uh, and so basically, on these shows, Chris Morris worked with Armando Iannucci, whose uh, name, hint, hint, might come up later more than once. Um, Iannucci. But yeah, initially, I think, worked on um, the day-to-day, those two together, which is, mm. if you haven't seen it, it's just an outrageous take on a, a news program, basically. Yeah. Uh, featuring characters such as Peter O'Hanrahan. And, and actually, Lars, the very first appearance of an Alan Partridge who yes. uh, delivered the sports segment. But um, yeah, it's it's such a unique brand of dark silliness, randomness. And I think probably the better known show is the one that followed, which is Brass Eye, um, yeah. which to be honest is infamous in TV history, particularly for its episode on paedophilia, which I think might be the most complained about TV episode ever. But <laughs> like, but what I'd say is, if you haven't seen it, despite the, the the very dark subject matter, it was above anything just silly. Like it, it yeah, it, it wasn't celebrating de- depravity in any way. You know, I mean, there's there's a little bit in that uh, episode which, again, it brass eyes delivered very much like a news show. So it, it, you know, it was a spiritual uh, successor to the day to day. Follows in the same format, really, but. Um, so there's a bit in um, in that where again think of this delivered as like a, a piece of news you know and, and I can virtually recite this word for word Lars basically last month the convicted paedophile Sydney something or another was blasted into space to spend the rest of his yeah. life aboard a one man prison vessel posing no further threat to children on earth but it was revealed that an eight year old boy was also yeah. placed on board by mistake <laughs> And is now trapped alone in space with the monster. A spokesperson was quoted as saying, "This is the one thing we didn't want to happen." 
that it's just so silly, but it's delivered with such a seriousness, and yeah. and, and that's what makes it for me. Um, it's one of the funniest things for me. And, and although I haven't rewatched it again and again and again, like I have some other picks on it, it's just it's superb. I'd never tire of it. Um, and and then that led into a show called Jam, which, which is easily one of the darkest and strangest shows I've ever seen. It, if not the darkest and the strangest, it's um, hard to describe. It, it kind of plays out like a nightmarish dream sequence, really, uh, drifting from one sketch into the next. It's not like a, a satirical news thing like the other two, where this is very much a sketch show, but um, one sketch drifts into the next in this weirdly like ethereal kind of manner. Um, and uh, there's quite a star-studded lineup in this show as well. You, you would recognise all the faces in it from having been in all sorts of other famous things like Gavin and Stacey, which, let me tell you, is so far removed from this, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> but, yeah, there you go. In the interest of time, um, Brass Eye, the day-to-day in Jam, uh, and essentially the works of Chris Morris, completely unique in the comedy world. And um, they rightfully made a big name for himself. Big name. And on that note, yeah, let's... Uh, Let's take a break, urinate, and come back, shall we? Urinate and rejuvenate. Yeah. Hello, welcome back. And um, it's over to you, Loz, for your second honourable mention, please. Whoa! Calm down, baby. It's time for another honourable mention from your boy, L-O-Z. So, um, in in the spirit of grouping things together, uh, I wanted to sort of pay homage to classic comedies, which really definitely deserve an honourable mention, as it were. But at the same time, I'm grouping them just because I feel like with so many of the classic comedies, I mean, we're talking about Only Fools and Horses, Hello, Hello, Porridge, Open All Hours, Faulty Towers, I mean, there I could go on, but basically, not only were they all all amazingly cast and amazingly well written, I think almost all of them had a setting which really worked well with the comedy, and I I just really mourn that sort of proper situation comedy that yeah. isn't just about you know people farting on a sofa and things like that, which has its place, but just. There was a, a definitely a, a, a golden age of comedy, which is as as long past as by, I'm afraid to say. But um, yeah. Uh, and why do you think that is? Do you think just the the greatest ideas have been harvested and output now, or do you think it's just a bit of a bygone age and it was down to more than that, just the the time and the place? I think it's a byproduct of two things. I think society at large these days look upon that sort of thing as sort of slightly twee and it might not be as successful as it might be and i'm also told it's quite an expensive thing to make versus things like a quiz program or reality tv and that sort of thing but also i i I think the the quality of writing just isn't there uh maybe i'm i'm you know people in the business might be listening to this and going talking shit this lad and you know we're, we're two dicks talking bollocks so you know sorry we've clicked on the wrong fucking podcast man. <laughs> but yeah it, it certainly seems that way i i think you you need to be uh looking at the world i, I guess with a a certain pair of eyes i mean i i remember when people said that you know lolo was sort of insensitive and they shouldn't have made a, a comedy around the war and and things like uh blackadder 
uh, amazing and, and and especially that that last series absolutely incredible yeah and, and i was reticent to mention blackadder actually because i you omitted it from that list and i wondered how oh, is that coming up later on but yeah that's one of the ones i would have cited mm. De- i definitely found the comedy in that moment and um i think yeah you, you, you again whether whether i think there's almost like a dearth of talent as well because you've got a lot of people that are stand-ups a lot of people that are actors and you know you look at someone like david jason and he could do a serious role and bring a tear to your eye and he could be the funniest man on screen and and fall over and make you laugh and and do all of that you know i do wonder whether it's almost like a difference in culture that people were almost trained to be entertainers then and, and have but you know the the many faces of of Ronnie Barker is is amazing. You know it it's just uh, I think perhaps a, a bygone era in in many many ways. But um... I think that the the two of the ones you mentioned that I talk about there. One I've got to be honest with you that it I I can understand why it's beloved, but it just was never really for me, and that's only fools and horses. I can feel the um, disdain, the contempt. It's uh, speed dialing my coming down, uh, coming down yeah as I, I look i like it but it kind of just stops there i think um uh, th- th- there are some iconic moments in that show like the chandelier obviously and the the, the leaning on the um the bar scene which is superb yes. to, to uh, you know i'm struggling to think of any greater sort of slapstick moments in comedy to be honest so you know as much as what i've just said I do hold some of that show in, in the highest of regards, but it was never really for me. I, I love the way it ended, you know, with the, with the watch auction. And I think that was superb, mm. but the other one uh, you mentioned faulty towers that has to be like in the canon, you know, the pantheon of great comedies, even though I wasn't going to mention it personally myself as mm. one of my sort of top 20, I've got such respect for, for that and again you know you talk about performers i think i don't know if john cleese would take offense to being called such a thing but having done monty python it, it but his his you know he is a performer it's there for all to see as basil faulty isn't it it's incredible sure. uh, and in a lot of shows have i don't i'm not saying 40 towers was the first to, to kind of do the whole farce thing but like not that there were many episodes of that show, but a lot of them followed that format and were done as mm. well as anything else that's that's done that. There's a couple of shows that will come up that I guess I'll talk about that on in some episodes do a similar thing, but almost in, probably in homage to shows like um, uh, Forty Towers. Sure. Um, and I suppose, yeah, you know, while we're talking classic comedies, I mean, yeah, open all hours. Do you know that the pilot for that was filmed on the street my dad lived on? And, and... I did know that because you've told me before, but still good, <laughs> good one to bring up. And I think his car was in the credits, you know. And then the, I also think of stuff like Some Mothers Do Have Them, you know, things like that as well. Yeah. Just these. Uh, and uh, Dad's Army, you know, that's another one. that. Oh, how did I forget Dad's Army for Christ's sake. And Last of the um, Summer Wine. Might not yeah. be the funniest, but boy, is it just quintessentially English. And I'm so glad shows like that exist. Mm. And Blackadder. Um, yes. Got to talk about that quickly. What's your favourite series? For me, uh, for me, it's between two and four. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say that they're, they're, they're the vintage series, aren't they? Because um, ones they're sort of like finding what it was, and three oh, it has its charms, but just didn't seem as strong somehow. 
The third's um, got its moments. I, I, I mean, would like say the... Se- the second series for me personally is the one which I go to slightly more for um, quotes and stuff. And that was interesting for being in such contrast to the first one, which was mm. uh, me and my dad watched uh, the very first ever Blackadder not too long ago, and we both agreed how fucking awful it was. Yes, like, yeah. Yeah, and um, and I don't know whether the series got any better, but I must confess I didn't bother with the rest of it. You know, I just remember no. Blackadder from series two, where where Edmund was was very much more cultured to some degree and, and had a, a, a wry wit and an intelligence. You know, to be able to um, <clears throat> not manufacture what's the word? There's a word here. I can't think of it, but just influence situations around him for his game. Manipulate. Manipulate is the word. Thank you very much, Lars. And um, yeah, um, the third series had its moments, like you know, sausage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and the fourth, of course, ended in in such pathos and is mm, poignant. Yeah, fondly remembered and very bittersweet. And how again, did you get so much custard out of such a small cat? Yeah, um, to name but many. And speckled Jim, you know, shout out to speckled Jim. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you shut my speckled gin. In fact, that you know, Stephen Fry, you know, the revered Stephen Fry reprised his role again and again in the show. Yeah, mm. and and I remember going to the Millennium Dome when it first opened. Now, of course, the O2 Arena. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, when they had uh, a cinema showing a, a special Blackadder back and forth, where yeah. he went back in time and stuff, and that was quite good as well. Yeah. It was it was a little bolt onto the series, but it, like you know, it's still valid. But I yeah, think the dinosaurs being killed by Baldrick's underpants was a bit much, but there you go. Well, I I, I don't resent it. No, I I don't resent it. <laughs> but I've given my two cents. God damn it! All right. Well, does that send it back over the net to me? I uh, I believe it does. So. All right. Well, my my third honourable mention, and again, it's in no particular order. Now, this is one of the heavy hitters of um, you know the, the TV world. In fact, to be honest, it's hard to think of a show that's had more... What's the word? Again, I just can't think of words tonight. Apparently not. Yeah, my, my third pick, uh, my third honourable mention is... Well, it's, it's Game of Thrones slash House of the Dragon. I've lumped them together here. And... Hmm. Um, I, I was a latecomer to Game of Thrones. I've, I've said this before, so I won't retread that ground. But you know, but by the time I properly watched it, Series Seven had finished. You know, and everyone was kind of waiting for the final one. I, I delved into it a bit before, and I'd had it somewhat ruined because I was trying to watch it through a dodgy site. That um, I, I, amazingly, I got all the way to the Red Wedding, and then it skipped that episode. <laughs> So I, it took me into the one after, where of course all the deaths were were revealed. And I, oh god! And and I think that was the, that was the moment where I thought, oh, do you know, what? I'm not really sh-. that. That was like it for me, really. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> yeah, a few years later, I returned to it with with an ex, uh, who I definitely won't mention. Uh, but I watched the whole thing through there, and um, I, again, you know, I've said this before, so I'll skim over much of this. It was the the very much the humanity and the politics. A political element to it that I loved, and the nudity. Well, yeah, a very special mention must probably go <laughs> to some of the female cast because I think there there are probably a lot of people, Luz, who did not care one iota for the subject matter of the 
the fantasy element with the dragons and all that type of thing. But, you know, so tuned in for that and then ended up staying for the likes of Daenerys, Melisandre, the Red Witch, mm. uh, Marjorie Tyrell, obviously. Obviously. Um, and, well, I'm just talking female cast here, Lars, in terms of what you were Oh, saying. I see. Uh, yeah, no, know, I wasn't wanking over Tyrion. Park I could it. literally have got it over him as well, yeah. We'll park it for now. Um, and then um, I can't remember the name of this character. I feel like it was Ross or Ross or Ross or something like that. Um, basically, she was like the, the in charge of the brothel. Do you know who I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. Slightly redhead. Um, uh, I, I don't know the actress's name. <laughs> you know, very much worth watching the show for. You know, if you didn't enjoy the rest of what was going on around you, you could at least, you know, tune in every week in the hopes that she and indeed her BAPs might be present. (laughs) (laughs) Moving moving swiftly on from that. um, One thing I must say, actually, is how good the the child actors are in the show. That's one thing maybe sometimes that's let a show down a little bit that, um, I mean, you know, one of the most famous film franchises of all time, you know, Scarf, um, Scar on the Face, um, John Lennon's glasses. You know what I'm talking about. Quidditch. Bear? <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't want to have a go at Daniel. But, um, yeah, what, what I'm saying is that in Game of Thrones, the, the acting was spot on from the, for want of a better word, child actors, younger actors. Uh, and it was amazing seeing the way they progressed through the show and developed and stuff like that. And I think, you know, to round this off, because uh, this may or may not come up for you, I don't know. But one thing I'd like to say is how epic, I mean, obviously that's a word that people would associate with this show, but just how good the endings of some of the episodes are of Game of Thrones. I mean, like Hard Home comes to mind, if you know the one I'm on about. Mm. There's the one where I think they go north of the wall and, and you know, a certain uh, being is, is resurrected from the from the water at the end and the, the, the same... Um, chap who was involved in that also um, had a scene with the baby at the end of another episode where he did very much a similar thing i don't know why i'm being so coy about this everyone's seen this yeah. show uh, lisa get your Sim- bats out mate that's what i'm saying lisa simpson as dad calls the night king <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know that's that's all i'll say for now i suppose just um because house of the dragon i should probably mention that i think it was really good uh, i'm looking forward to the next one uh, I'm not, you know, spending the night over a bucket of tears that it's two years until the next one comes out. It take as long as it takes. I'm, I'll be here waiting and I'll watch it. But uh, I thought it was a very, very good opening series, House of the Dragon. It, arguably, um, easily, arguably better than the first series of Game of Thrones. I think. I think with Game of Thrones, there was a lot up in the air for straight away, and a lot of people probably tuned out because there was so much going on. And I think. House of the Dragon focused it a little bit more. There, there were less like running narratives, and it was perhaps a easy, bit easier to follow. One thing I'd say that makes House of the Dragon quite difficult is how similar the names are. You've got like Rhaenyra, Rannis, Aerys, Vagon, Aegon, Aemond. You know, it's just. I think it's just George Martin having a having a laugh there, really. And, like these fucking schmucks trying to follow as well. So we'll leave it there for Game of the Th- Game of the Thrones and House of Dragon. <laughs> um, Game of the House of Dragon. Very, very good at what it is. I understand why it is as big as it is, and um, yeah, you know, it didn't make the top ten, but that's uh, that's not having a go. Yeah, uh, I I appreciated Game of Thrones, but really, when it when it came down to it, I have to say, uh, it definitely had its highlights. 
but I I really don't think I'm not one of these. I think we've covered this uh, before, but uh, I'm not one of the people that that feel like the the last series absolutely uh, blasted it out <clears throat> of everyone's sort of good graces. Um, but neither am I really in any rush to re-engage with the source matter at all. Um, so you haven't seen still, House still, Dragon? No, um, and I'm not against watching it, but I'm just sort of, I've got plenty of other things on my plate at the minute, and I just think I'd rather channel my time and attention there, I'm afraid. Well, it's, I mean, it's got Paddy Considine in it, who um, who threw a bag of escargos at Andrew Lloyd Webber's face um, to win the prize of a tinned Caribbean drink in a show that might come up later. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that. Yeah. Anyway, that on that note, back to you, Loz. Right. Um, I'm going to go for a little show you may have heard of called Boardwalk Empire. Ah. Now, um, I'm not going to ruin a surprise that may or may not be coming later. Here's a surprise. It will be coming later. <laughs> um I bought two shows on DVD whilst I was doing my uh, Christmas term at HMV. Um, and I was really excited about both. I'd been, you know, talked to by uh, a lot of the staff there about both. And uh, I think they were both developed by the same company as well. So I was just sort of like, oh, okay, I'm a bit behind on both. So they both did. Uh, that's a lot of both. They both did a um, season one and season two DVD pack, and I got both of these. And despite my initial feelings, uh, Boardwalk Empire em- ended up being the lesser of the two, but still uh, definitely worth uh, a mention. Um, it's it's all about Nucky Thompson, played by uh, Steve Buscemi. And he's sort of like the main man in Atlantic City in sort of uh, just before uh, liquor is um, sort of banned in America. Uh, he's pretty much owns like a, a a club. I was just thinking it's Babette's, which is I think it's more burlesque than like it's a strip show. But there's lots yeah. of once again, scantily clad women definitely feature. Um, and and for you, uh, those that prefer the other side of the coin, there is definitely some um, some male nudity uh, put in there. Quite memorably, I think in either the second or the third, where uh, the one actor is is just strolling about with a pistol and full dong flopping about, which was quite graphic at, at the time, <laughs> and, and and it certainly left an impression. Um, but no. <laughs> uh it it's it's sort of you know i i don't i feel like i'm dominated with faint praise because it it sort of definitely had its moments but again this is why it's on an honorable mentions is uh it it's it's you know very well cast it was uh you know entertaining but i think unfortunately it was one of those that sort of somewhat tailed off towards the end and you felt like uh, I, I myself personally, like with some other series, that they sort of wrapped it up to make sure that they didn't have to pay for another series on top. And yeah. I always think that's disappointing. Um, and I, I don't know whether we did them all, but I think certainly in the first series, I, I think uh, Scorsese was attached. Um, and if that's not <laughs> Steve Buscemi doing old timey gangster stuff with, you know, um, I've just said his name and I've completely forgotten now. Scorsese. 
thank you. Uh, Scorsese attached as well. Um, there are other people as well. Uh, well, starting with Stephen Graham, you know. Yeah, it's Stephen I mean, Graham. I've, yes. I've not seen the Al show, Capone. but yeah, like I've, I've not seen the show, but I know Stephen Graham's in it, and I, I, it's a, I find it brilliant. Like the Stephen Graham, who I will always fondly remember from scoring uh, for scoring that goal on Soccer AM and celebrating yeah. like an, a, a, a true madman playing these characters, Al Capone. For goodness' sake, he, he's, he he's does a, a really good job as well. He's one of our best ever actors, you know, in terms of like the the British Isles, as far as I'm concerned. And Steve Buscemi, I'll always think of from Fargo, because um, yeah. I've not I've not seen him in a huge amount of things really. But yeah, Boardwalk Empire, I could have easily mentioned this in that initial list of like shows I haven't seen that I'm sure I would love if I had. So uh, yeah, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, like to so put anybody right. off it, but um, yeah, it's it's not top ten territory. Sorry. Fair enough. Well. <laughs> Let me move into another one then that, that again didn't make the top ten, and um, this is somewhat more of a, a comedic entry than the the last one I mentioned. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, Whee! and um, the thing with this show is, I, I mean, I personally probably shouldn't enjoy half the humour in this really, but but I, in in a way that's testament to how well written and acted it, it is. Because I mean, everyone kind of knows this show, right? Whether you've seen it or, or not, it's it's a mainstay. I've not talked about like what platforms these shows are available on. Um, no, De- Devs is on iPlayer for anyone that's interested in Devs. Brass Iron stuff like that, I'm not quite sure. Uh, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, yeah. Um, then you know you, you would go to Sky or Now TV for that. And it's always sunny. Is is if you've got Netflix, you must have seen this uh, thumbnail popping up. Um, Mate, they've got Google. They can search this shit if they want. Yeah, oh, no, I'm just I'm I'm stepping in and saying you don't have to do that, mate. I've got you. I've got don't you. Don't hold the little hands. I mean, the thing with it's always sunny is that like none of them are protagonists, are they? The people in the show. I mean, you often root against them, quite frankly, in terms of like the mm. the the characters they come up against in various episodes. But it, it's it's four or five people, um, deplorable human beings, frankly, running an Irish bar in in Philadelphia. You guessed it. And um, uh, what are we in now? Like season. Th- 15 or something. I think it's the longest running US comedy now, isn't it? Currently. But mm. um, it it has, for me, one of the great comic characters in any show. And, you know, the, one of the best acting performances in a comedy from anyone. And I'm talking mm. about Glenn Howerton's Dennis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I knew but, you were. Yeah, it's just, and uh, you know, I haven't got time to really go into that, but it's just... I think you could probably Google anything or YouTube anything that involves Dennis and you'd be like, oh, (laughs) this is just top-notch acting with some very sinister undertones at times. And and, I mean, for example, you know, there's an episode called The Dennis System. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I could just reel off some episodes without even talking about The Nightman Cometh is one that uh, is is famous. Most people would mention. In fact, I think the cast themselves cite that one as one of the best. I've got a fondness loves for Sweet D has a heart attack because yeah. that involves one, um, well, a Pepe Sylvia, shall we say? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, there's the gang exploits a miracle. That's very early on, and that's yeah. the that's the introduction of one of the best characters in the show, Rickety Cricket, which um, is a, a virtuous, you know, church-going person who is just reduced to ruins by by these people, you know, but done oh, yeah. done slowly over the course of the entire series. And he might only pop up once a series, but each time he's in so much worse <laughs> shape. Like, uh, and the guy who plays him is, again, superb. 
superb comedic actor. I don't know his name, but mm. um, but it's like like the McPoyles, isn't it? You know, they don't show up often, but when they do, it's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, and um, uh, there's one called "The Gang Solves the Gas Crisis," which has the wild card <laughs> thing in it. Uh, there's an episode called Reynolds versus Reynolds: The Serial Defense, which, if I was just oh, to, yeah, yeah. if I was to explain the premise of this episode, right, is that basically <laughs> one one person is pulled up at a traffic light in a car. It's Dennis, uh, for the record, um, just with a bowl of cereal in the car. Because why not? You know, you're parked up. You got your handbrake on. If you want to tuck into a bowl of cereal, <laughs> you can tuck into a bowl of cereal. Meanwhile, uh, um, his father played by Danny DeVito, we should probably mention that, Frank, um, crashes into Dennis and rear-ends him. But the, the only damage to the vehicle is the internal damage caused from Dennis's cereal going everywhere. And so this sparks um, almost a court case, which is held you know, inside the bar internally between these people. And um, it's, it's sort of quite an interesting conundrum, that one. And actually, I've seen like qualified lawyers reacting to that episode and giving their two cents. Yeah, of it. Yeah. Well, you know, if the only damage was the internal damage as a result of someone eating a bowl of cereal at the wheel, you know, I think it's hilarious that like that this show that's just outrageous and silly at times, like that being a prime example, is being analysed on a legal level, you know, by, by trained solicitors. And, um, trained lawyers even. And um, I suppose, you know, to, to bring it to a close, I would say this show has some of the best outtakes ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just get, look at, to YouTube for those. And actually, um, they do their own podcast. I know you're a fan of the show, Lars. They do their own podcast. And, um, you know, obviously after the end of this episode, uh, go off and check that one out. It's filmed, so it's a visual pod. And they, they actually watch the outtakes back during an episode, a recent episode, which I watched and absolutely loved because I love outtakes so much, as you know. And It's Always Sunny has some of the absolute best in the business. And um, apparently they all get together and watch the outtakes before they start a new series because they feel like... Um, Oh, it's uh, it, it it reignites our love and passion for. Oh, this is why we do this. You know, this is the this is how much we enjoy it on set. You know, when it goes this way, and so mm. I thought that was quite cool. And it is one of those shows where you can tell, like, that they, they will go with improvised moments if they can, and, and things like that. It's definitely a, a bit of a fluid script for sure. Yeah, in fact, they said that you know we love to improvise sketches, and we'll always film you know two or three takes for a scene. But more often than not, it's the original script that ends up you know being the the funniest you know it's at the mm. time at the time they have a whale you know and a, and a laugh improvising but more often than not they you know they find that it's it's the original script is the tightest and the funniest and um yeah i'll, I'll leave it there well, they, they would say that wouldn't they it's a well-known show i'm sure many listeners have seen it and um you know i think it deserves to be as popular as it is let's leave it there well um actually it's on my uh honorable mentions as well but not the top 10 um so i'm just going to give a little bit of a a shout out to myself um no on on it myself uh yeah i i love sunny i think it's it's really creative and i i think it's it's like almost like a a cultural touchstone i think uh, especially you know working at tesco like i do uh other supermarkets are available and um you know working with the young people as i do uh, a lot of them, it's, it's one of the few things where they'd be like, oh, do you watch uh, It's Always Sunny? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course I do. Um, but uh, for, for me, it's almost like, uh, I, I'm sure you know what I mean when you when you say there's a, a show that sort of had a time and a place. And yeah. this is partially why it's on my uh, honourable mentions and not my top ten. 
is because I kind of feel like as much as I, I have enjoyed watching it all, uh, I haven't actually watched every series. Uh, and that's, you know, again, a bit why I, I not only do I feel like almost like it was very much of its time, which wasn't that far ago, but still. And it was definitely an important series in terms of uh, pushing boundaries and, and, you know, changing formats and things like that. And I mean, I, I always loved that one episode where it was it was it Charlie Charlie work or Charlie Day or something. Oh, the, it's, the, it's the just continuous one take. take almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was the film Birdman? As it had come out, and they. No, with, no, with... that's Thunder Gun, but that's a different one. That's where, um, like, there's somebody coming to visit the bar, and Charlie's trying to like marshal everyone to be like tidying up. No, no. What, and... what I'm what I'm saying is there was a film that came out called Birdman, which had a long continuous take in it, and I think oh, and I, I, see, sorry. I think they probably took that and thought, let's do our own version. And yeah, it's Charlie works amazing. It's it is arguably the best episode actually, because. It shows Charlie in a complete new light. And, you know, a special mention to Charlie Day, who's superb as Charlie in this, um, mm. in, in all episodes. He's up there with Dennis, I think. Uh, everyone else is funny, but, yeah, um, Dennis and Charlie, I think, often have the biggest laughs, don't they? And, yeah. um, you know, Charlie takes on, without wanting to give much away, um, surprises us in that episode, really. And, um, it's yeah, it's it's so well done. And, sorry, I didn't mean to come in and steal your thunder. Um, <laughs> But you did, didn't you? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, people have probably heard about uh, It's Always Sunny. So, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm bringing anything new to the table. It's almost a meme show at this stage. The the sort of, uh, my rage is unbound and knows no limits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole speech is just amazing. There's so, yeah. there's so many memorable bits. But for me, I do find now... Like I went to watch them the other day and I really struggled to find like a jumping on point that wasn't, I mean, I used to have several sort of like bits where I would just go, okay, if I just want to watch an episode, I would often go to Chardy McDennis or something like that. Um, yeah. Just I'll give I, you the greatest board game ever. Yes. And I, I actually slightly prefer the second episode, which I I think has got a really like fun <clears throat> little twist at the end. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I I find actually it's quite almost difficult for me to rewatch. And um, as I say, I I feel like I've I've fallen off on it uh, during some of the latter seasons, and I I just feel like maybe I'm wrong because I haven't watched it, but I I just feel like maybe it's time to sort of call it a day and, and, and work on something new. Cause I definitely think with that group, even partially or um, it wholly, I, I think they've, they've potentially got, you know, enough talent and in, in, you know, creativity to, to do something else of, of great note. But um, I think Sonny has sort of had its day in the sun. Yeah, it probably has run its course, isn't it? And, and um, you know, one of the co-creators, Rob McElhenney, or McIllany, uh, obviously is now involved in that Wrexham project with um, mm. uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, well, I, I suppose, actually, one one thing, interesting thing to mention, again, with, with It's Always Sunny, is that, like, I find it funny that half the cast are actually married to each other in real life. Like, yeah. Uh, Mac and and D, uh, of course, well known, you know, married in real life. Charlie and the waitress, who, if you haven't yeah. seen the show, um, the waitress is the very much the um, uh, the apple of Charlie's eye, you know, the object of his desire throughout the show, and hates him, quite frankly. Uh, married oh, yeah. in real life, and then I don't know if you knew this, Lars, but in the Dennis system, going back to that episode, Dennis, uh, say, well, uh, Glenn Howerton is actually married to the pharmacist who he completely strings along in that episode. I don't know if mm. you knew that. 
I did. But thank you. And uh, well, yeah, that's that's all I've got to say really on it. It's always sunny, and in the interest of uh, keeping tempo with this. Uh, I tell you what, should we just take a very very quick break so we've got enough time to talk about the next ones, and um, and then I guess we'll 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 get through the first half of our honourable mentions and uh, go into the next one. <laughs> oh, what a, what a start! I mean, well, it's the Scat and Lars show. Yeah, and there's a, we're not recording, Lars. Uh, <laughs> the listeners will never hear it, but it was far more majestic than I, uh, my impersonation, my rendition. Anyway, welcome back to uh, Two Dicks Talking Bollocks, the Scott and Lars show in our new series on TV. I don't know what we're calling this episode. Episode one, I don't know. But basically what we're doing here, if it's not already become clear after talking about this for uh, an hour or so, um, basically we're, we're running through our 10 honourable mentions of shows that we love um, that just haven't quite made our absolute top 10s. And um, so without further ado, Lars, it's over to you for, I believe, your fourth entry in, in the list of 10 honourable mentions. Take it away. No, I'm, I'm deliberately going to pick this one now because i know in a way it's gonna break your little heart um but i'm afraid to say that outside of my top 10 is a little show called extras okay um now whilst, explain yourself uh, i was gonna say whilst young master hughes uh <laughs> takes his tablets for his uh his heart um i i love extras let me be clear um i'm probably possibly a bigger fan of Ricky Gervais still to this day than you are. Um, but, you know, I, I, there's something to be said for his style of comedy and it is a really well-written, well-acted show. Uh, it's uh, obviously um, Ricky Gervais's character, uh, Andy Millman and his journey to become more than just the extra in the background and the little fat bloke getting his face in the shot before the uh, the camera pans around yeah and um you know his struggles and, and trying to make ends meet and and trying to you know uh, get his uh, story out there and getting his work to be done and without sort of compromising his beliefs and you know all of that good stuff right there uh for me, I, it's it's really great, and I, I must say, there's this there's certain things in my list where, really, for me, it's come down to rewatchability. I, I really feel like, I mean, again, I think both Scott and I have really picked over these choices, and for me, the ones that I've chosen in my top ten, not only have they got great moments in, you know, well made, well acted. And and all the rest. I'm saying that like that's you know. Oh yeah, they're just well made and well acted and really really well produced. Uh, <laughs> but um, for me, I don't know whether it's because I've rewatched it so many times. But I just can't watch extras anymore. And in fact, I actually tried to watch it the other day, just a bung on an episode, and it actually actively annoyed me. Oh wow! Um, okay. Yeah. And I, I, you know, but I, I have to say, it is, it is a fantastic series, and the the various different celebrity guests, which by no means are sort of the, the be all and end all of, of any episode, particularly, 
but just had such wonderful flavor all playing sort of slightly twisted versions of themselves um and i know obviously scott you're going to have plenty to say about this i actually assume that you're going to have a lot more to say about this in the future but um I, as we're just starting off a fresh batch of recording uh i'd uh, i'd bung this on the top there and go love it can't watch it anymore um but only really because i've killed it for myself by watching it over and over again <laughs> and, and, and oh, no. talk about some of the best uh um fuck-ups much like that moment was in the game uh extras has got some phenomenal outtakes blooper reel yeah i mean obviously i will refrain from talking too much about this because it will come up down the line for me but just while we're dealing with it being one of your entries Lars, uh, yeah. if, if you had to name like a favorite episode or just a cameo from from someone or just a couple you know are there any that stand out for you i know we've we discussed this countless times oh, sure and we've watched this together you know goodness knows how <laughs> yeah. many times particularly the outtakes but well if, if i actually remember very specifically you and i going out on the night that extras was going to start and i remember you turning to me and be like ricky gervais has got a new show starting tonight and i will not miss it Okay, and, I don't remember that so, at all. Yeah, yeah, and so you you were absolutely were like, we can go out, <laughs> but at nine o'clock, my feet are going to be inside this house, pointed towards the telly, and we will be watching it. <laughs> yeah, okay, and, and that's the show totally fine. I think the first episode, well, they, you know, it, it differed actually. I don't know if you know this, Lars, but me being, you know, I could frankly enter Mastermind, you know, and choose extras, uh, nominate that as my choice. Um, it, uh, on this side of the pond, it was Ben Stiller was the opening episode, whereas I think um, in America it was Russ Kemp. Ah, interesting. Anyway, we'll leave it there, shall we? <laughs> yes. No, so no, yeah. you didn't. You didn't give me your favourite. Do you have a favourite? Because oh, there's so many names to go through here. You know, I know how much you love Samuel L. Jackson, Lars. W- would he rank highly among? Oh the... yeah, for sure. I mean. Uh... There's a part of me that wants to say Patrick Stewart just because that, that I mean, they're all fantastic. I mean, even Les Dennis, who I really don't have that much attached to uh, attachment to the the old pop knob in Fanny bit is just, oh, my God. Oh, Keith Chagrin. Oh, sorry. Who did I say? Les Dennis. Ah, yeah. Well, Les Dennis is good in it as well. But oh, they're, they're both superb. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, well, this is it. It's, it's so difficult. I mean, the, okay. In slightly flip reverse style, as I've uh, brought up that, um, who would you say was the worst of all the the star guests? Because I'm looking at you, Orlando Bloom. Um, I think Orlando Bloom was really good in it, but I wouldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't be one that comes to mind when I'm thinking of like the best uh, people in it for sure. Yeah, m- maybe you know. I, again, I don't want to think too much about the show because it, 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 I'll come back to it, of course, at some <laughs> point. But um, yeah, you, you know, I, I can understand why you'd pick Orlando Bloom. Um, I'm trying to think who's who's my. I mean, if anything, I'd almost be tempted to say my favorite like cameo character would probably be Barry from EastEnders, just because when he pops in, it's always hilarious. There's so many, so many. I'm actually going to cheat slightly and say one of my favorite cameos in any Ricky Gervais thing. Mm-hmm would be uh, Johnny Depp in Life's Too Short. Yeah, him flipping that fruit bowl over is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and Le- Liam Neeson in Life's Too Short is something else as well. Um, yeah, you know, again, I'll refrain from talking too much about the works of Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, I guess, at this juncture. But uh, yeah, Life's Too Short won't come up. There's a 
piece of information for you. But I do love it. And of course, I met Sean Williamson um, last year. Yes. Um, at Barry Oakey. And um, <laughs> I basically just declared my love for everything he's done in, in um, conjunction with Ricky and Steve on their shows. And, and it was just, it was genuinely really touched to hear it. Oh. <laughs> right, let's move on. Uh, so we're on to my, uh, my well, so we're on to our fifth choices each here, and then we'll wrap this episode up and, and start the next one forthwith. Uh, so my, my number five, Loz, in terms of, uh, not, you know, number, I say number five, it's just the fifth honourable mention in no particular order, mm. is Peep Show. Yeah. And again, a very well-known comedy uh, in these shores. And of course, Peep Show is is really quite different to anything else out there um, because of its unique sort of first-person perspective because of the way it's filmed. Um, And Mm -hmm. so uh, it's filmed in such a way that, well, it's first-person, I can't put it more clearly than that. And, um, you know, you have these internal dialogue and thoughts that happen as well. And it it must have been a complete ball ache to film, you know, to state the obvious, because... Uh, they must have had to refilm the same scene, you know, at least twice. Yeah. And, and in some cases, you know, there's like a scene at Christmas dinner, for example, where they would have had to film the same scene from everyone's perspective. But putting that aside, you know, it's important to mention that because it does set this apart from other things in terms of its style. I think it it makes this list for me because, I mean, of all the shows where the two leads are kind of characters are like opposites of each other, this is among the best, really. You've got Mark Corrigan, who's played by David Mitchell, who's, you know, very much on the straight and narrow, I'd say. And then you've got Jez, played by, um, oh God, Robert... Robert Webb. Webb. Yeah, um, who very much isn't on the straight and narrow. And mm-hmm. so you get this this nice contrast. And, and and then you've got characters like Super Hands, you know, uh, Dobby is another character who pops up later on who I really like. And I think all the love interests are really good in this show as well. There, there's lots of characters that come in and out, you know, for a series of, the, there's, there's like nine series in total. And I think, you know, I'll refrain from talking too much about it for, for time, but uh, it's it's certainly an outrageous show at times. I mean, you get to one series, um, I don't want to spoil too much here, but there's there's one series where it kind of culminates to two episodes, a stag do and a wedding, which, you know, together involve the, the accidental killing and then barbecuing <laughs> of, a, of a dog and eating it in front of its owner. And then like, and then uh, a communal golden shower, shall we put it? Uh, oh, at, God. The, at the wedding. Uh, it's just, it's not afraid to go in that direction at times. But I think equally, it's very much grounded in the relatable behavior and relationship between two housemates. And um, mm. if, it, if it didn't have that, then, you know, it seems like the aforementioned wouldn't excel. You know, it, it's, it's very, very good at being relatable for the most part. Um, misfortune in love and stuff like that and just the real world in general I think uh, Peep Show does a very very good job of it and um, yeah you know it's it's another one here where I'm looking at it and going oh yeah it's, it's not in the top 10 good lord but you'll probably see why when I get into the top 10 but it, I'd kind of you know in the subconsciously thought of this as being a top 10 show all my life mm. you know it, it's very bingeable Peep Show it's, it's you could watch a series in one go no problem it, it's it's very bingeable. No problem. Very very quotable. Very just easy to watch. It's the sort of thing you could have on in the background almost for comfort. You know, like some people might like cite friends or something like that as doing like you know. I could happily just have Peep Show running in the background uh, as a comfort thing. You know, 
and just tune in and out of it with other bits going on. And I, I would call that high praise, I suppose. Yes, yes. Um, to be honest with you, I, I don't really have much to add. Um, I actually love Mitchell and Webb as the Mitchell and Webb, the look of, the smell of, the Mitchell and Webb show. But um, yeah, actually, this was one that passed me by. So um, I, I've watched one episode, and um, that was fairly recently. And I'm afraid it didn't grab me enough to to carry on. So uh, well, maybe think... that's me being um, a bit of a bitch. But uh, I'm well, there's very much the a, there's very much a character development of Peep Show. You know, these two characters grow throughout the the whole you know series of series of the mm. show, and and yeah, that narrative is very much a core part of it, really. So I don't know which episode you watched, but I could sort of understand why you might not want to pick it up. It was the first one. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, it's it's one of many shows that just gets better, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you were going to pin it on the first episode, I could understand why you were like, oh, I don't know if this is worth my time. Mm. But yeah, their sketch show is really good. I mean, the fish and chip uh, sketch yeah, that they yeah, do yeah. is one of the great comedic sketches as far as I'm concerned. And and uh, and the the levitating biscuits and you know there's they've done lots of uh, good comedy sketches down the down the years as well. Well, well, I was going to say I'll get you to hold off because I'm going to cross the streams in a minute, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Okay. Well, let's let's go to your fifth honourable mention, and that'll round okay. off this episode. Okay. Well, as I say, um, I, I don't actually have this written down, but there were the, the three TV shows for sure that were. I don't know whether they formed me into the man I am today, but they certainly um, made me laugh along the way, didn't they? Hey, hey, isn't that good? Uh, little laugh. Isn't it? yeah. <laughs> Great, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and one of those definitely has to be uh, the Michelin web look, uh, which I believe was their BBC show, uh, which I think they got three series out of that. And I, I regularly rewatch on YouTube the best of the Michelin web series, one, two, and three. Uh, and they're great, just fantastic. And the same has to be said, which I will group uh, once again, uh, is the Armstrong and Miller show, which again, I think with both, they if you watch the full set, they could be hit and miss. But when they got it right, then it was uh, it was really, really good fun. Well, the curious um, thing with the Armstrong and Miller show is that it started on Channel 4 with absolute outrageous full frontal nudity and all sorts. I mean, if, mm. if all you know of Alexander Armstrong is pointless, then <laughs> go off and watch the Armstrong and Miller show yeah, um, yeah, yeah. on Channel 4. And then, yeah, they moved to the BBC after that, didn't they? And did uh, like three series, of, you know, if not more. Uh, and actually, I wasn't going to mention them, but I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping into your... Um, no, no, that's why I did it. But... I, I mean, you can probably see where I'm about to go. Um, I think Armstrong and Miller have been the creators of the greatest comedy sketch of all time. Yes, yes, I knew this yeah. was coming. Yeah, uh, and I don't want to talk too much about it. If you go off on YouTube and search, like, uh, uh, the funny thing is, I actually uploaded this video to YouTube myself because <laughs> um, I don't think it was on there, or rather, I did see it on there, but the that one of the punchlines to the joke of the sketch was ruined in the title. So mm. I uploaded it with... So basically, if you were to go to YouTube and search Armstrong and Miller um, War Veterans, yes, then, then you'll see my sketch, because um, I've got a channel called Spleeb, which um, I've just yeah used that channel to upload some 
comedy sketches here and there that haven't been on YouTube for whatever inexplicable reason. And and you'll you'll see there what I consider genuinely to be the greatest comedy sketch ever written and acted and performed. Hmm. And just to tack it on there as well, because it, it, they're definitely all three, and you can see why I've grouped them when I say this, is the fast show. Because again, oh, it's yeah. just seminal. The, you know, so I mean, Paul Whitehouse is, is a fucking legend. Um, he could turn up at my house and kick my mother out of her bed, and I wouldn't say one word of protest. Um, <laughs> you know, the, 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 it, it's such a cast. Um, I mean, even people like Charlie Day and um, Steve Williams, the, 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 oh, Mark Williams. Yes, thank you. Uh, Mark Simon does, Day, uh, or was it Simon yes. Cummings? Or, or De- no, yeah. si- Simon Day is, was um, competitive dad. Yes. Mark Mark Williams is the one who's gone on to do Father Brown. That's my right. mother. My mother doth love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the first show. Yeah. Some of the greatest sort of characters in comedy, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know who I'd mention if I could only mention one. Yes. Rowley Birkin QC. QC. Yeah. Um, who <laughs> I think we, we probably all know. If not by name, then you must have seen a firework display in the village. Uh, three tiny bodies entombed for all eternity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so much of my youth was spent quoting the fast show, for Christ's sake. Uh, just brilliant. And Johnny Depp said that uh, Paul Whitehouse was the greatest uh, comedic actor he'd ever worked with. Or uh, yeah, in, in fact, even more so than that, I think he said he was the greatest comedic actor of all time. Which is, um, boy, is that a and, bold comment? But and famously, as we know, Johnny Depp doesn't lie about anything. Yeah, and of course, he did appear in the Fire Show, didn't he? He did in the final ever. Oh, oh, Scott, oh, suit you, sir. Yeah. Radiant. <laughs> yeah, well, go, the on, first show. go on. I mean, I hadn't thought of the first show, but of course I would have mentioned it somewhere, you know, because, yeah, I absolutely adore it. Yes. I think at, at several stages, we've both owned the entire collection of the first show uh, with good reason as well. But all, all of those series, for their own reasons, they, they've all got moments in them that were just blisteringly funny. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And wow, that rounds off the the first half of our honourable mentions. So, Mm. some excellent mentions, of course. I can't believe some of these are not in the top ten for either of us, actually. Sure. uh, I mean, I'm looking at the second half of the honourable mentions, and of course I can't wait to get into those. And I think what we'll do is we're we're both looking to make the episode length somewhat a bit more palatable than before. I think they fluctuated wildly down the, the, the shows that we've done. The last one we did was by far the longest we've ever done, which clocked in at about two hours, 20 minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, we're not we're not going to do that here. We're, we're going to, I think, wrap this one up here because this is uh, you know a bit more bite size, and um, of course we're halfway through the mentions, so it makes sense to sort of end it here, and um, hopefully Lars and I will just crack straight into the next one, and and then of course uh, we'll be into the the absolute top ten then. Mm. So I was going to say, and hopefully you'll be cracking along with us. I bloody hope so, mate. Uh, I, I would be as a listener. I'd be like, okay, you know, there's been some absolute zingers mentioned here. Uh, what are we going to mention next? I mean, what else in the pantheon of great TV is not going to make our top tens? Well, you'll just have to tune back in in a moment and find out, won't you? So, thank you very much to uh, to you, the dear listener. Thank you to Lars. Thank you, Hughes. And um, you know, thank you for online shopping. 
uh, grocery shopping in particular, which which helps us out in times where we just frankly don't want to negotiate the general public of a Saturday. <laughs> 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 